Hello, this is Sharon Steitler, the bird chick, and I am here with non-birding Bill. Hello. And we have no goal. <laughs> but this is the Bird Chick Podcast. Uh, we took an unplanned hiatus. First we took a hiatus, and then I was like, yeah, we're going to come back mm -hmm. with something different. The network, then, the network took us off for retooling. Now we have an adorable child named Oliver. <laughs> He's our nephew. We had to take him in. His parents are in France. Apparently he's like the key to the universe or he something. He doesn't talk. We have to protect him yeah, from... Yeah, exactly. Uh, we have to protect oh, him. no, he's spilled orange dye all over our rabbit. Oliver, you're so annoying. I hate oh. you so much. Yet I'm compelled to love you for no reason I can co possibly understand. Oh. You know, actually, that would really Everybody hugs, freeze frame, credits. Okay, we'll be back next week. It would really be funny to just like suddenly have like a different either you or me and just go through the podcast as Like normal. if you just got somebody else on? Like just yeah. like... Did a Dick Sergeant, Dick York thing where you yeah, just replaced yeah. him? Yeah, and okay, just like see fine. if somebody... I'm really okay with that. I kind of want to do that now. Like see who I could get. Get like Duck on here. Sure. You. Yeah, so that's like, fine. Bill sounds different. No, it's not different. I don't really need to be here for this. <laughs> you can probably just like have a soundboard of, I don't know about that. Uh, what? I'm not interested. Okay, moving on. And yeah. then we'd be fine. Yeah, I don't think it would work if I got another bird. I think you could actually go through like the old episodes and just splice my responses out to most of your stories, and you'd you'd be good. Actually, I think you just turn these out. Yeah, so we tried we tried to experiment having a guest. Levi was a mm -hmm. wonderful guest. He Levi was. was I love talking to him. Easy. And you should listen to his current podcast. It's not about you. Mm. It's a very good podcast. Um, but the thing with guests is that they require scheduling. Sure. And you and I have a very hip, freewheeling lifestyle. We're not about the... Well, we are about scheduling, but... That's the thing about being married, is the person is there all the time. All the time. I know. You never leave. <laughs> never, ever. You need to take more trips so I can have the apartment to myself. I need to take more trips. I know. I need to take more trips. Exactly. I will be taking a trip in a month. I'm so excited. I, I have loved my time off and mm -hmm. spending time here in the United States for mm -hmm. several months, but I am ready to get back into the travel thing. Speaking of travel... If you would like to travel with me, uh, I still have uh, a few spaces left on my Cuba trip uh, with Holbrook Travel. Mm -hmm. The dates are April 19th through the 29th. Um, we are going to go birding, yes. We will not get an ivory-billed woodpecker in Cuba. If that is your goal, don't come on this trip. But if you want to go on this and you want to go birding around the cave that Che Quivera hid out in during the Cuban Missile Crisis with his bros... Mm -hmm. and get a solitaire, mm -hmm. this is a trip for you. If you want a birding trip where, you know what, you want an afternoon to explore old Havana, maybe have some rum, I'm not going to judge if you have a cigar, this is the trip for you. So we're going to get Cuban toady, we're going to get bee hummingbird, but we're also going to experience Cuba mm -hmm. in a safe way. We're going to experience Cuba in a way where we're going to get down there and have an actual hotel reservation and not find out that the hotel lost our reservation. So anyway, if you're okay. looking to go to Cuba, uh, I still have a few spaces left, and you can check that out on the Holbrook Travel website. And we'll put a link up on the. Uh, <clears throat> we definitely will. We, we definitely will. But no, if you, if you like mm. if you like laughing and looking at birds and the occasional nap and also having a drink or two, I'm the person you want to travel with. I will not be on this trip, uh, but I am planning on going down later to visit my good friend Hyman Roth. And uh, celebrate his uh, birthday with a gold telephone. You told me I was Pick. not allowed to ask you about your business, <laughs> and then you suddenly just put it out there. You're not the allowed podcast. to ask you about my business, but, but you I can just podcast yeah, but you about give it, it yeah. to everybody else. Uh, I understand there's a guy down there named Superman. I'm really excited about seeing his act. Apparently, everybody can't shut up about it. But 
So do we have bird stories to talk about? Did you just reference a donkey show? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Well, no, it wasn't a donkey show the way you're thinking of. <laughs> I saw Bachelor Party. That's the kind of donkey <laughs> show I'm thinking not of. Not what I was talking about. Okay, anywho. Anywho, you could come to Cuba if you wanted. Could I? Yeah, I'd have to pay for your flight. Oh, but, well, there you go. Then. But you'd have to share a room with me in Cuba. Oh, God. I'll show you the itinerary if you want to come. Maybe if someone comes on this trip specifically for non-birding Bill, I'll drag <laughs> his ass to Cuba. Speaking of travel, so remember how in some of the other podcasts, the American Birding Association was having a recruitment contest? I do. Apparently the contest was for brand spanking new members. So sure. if you were someone who had let your membership lapse or if your membership had like... I mean, if that you'd didn't been count. kicked out, yeah. So like, yeah, like you're done with the ABA, because uh, a lot of people signed up and that didn't count. So mm. we had to get people who had never been members before, okay. and some of you signed up. We apparently made it into third place. Oh, fantastic! I'm so happy. So we either get a pair of binoculars, mm-hmm. uh, or a trip to Panama, or a trip to Trinidad. Word on the street is that the person who won, won specifically to get the pair of binoculars. Good for them? Good for them, yes. And they worked really hard to get in the first place because they wanted to insure them. I was like, well, we could have worked out a deal. I did not want them. As a matter of fact, if I won the binoculars, I was just either going to give them away as a contest in the blog. Or actually, my, my main plan was I was probably just going to donate them to Optics to the Tropics because I have Swarovski, so I'm pretty set on my binoculars. Cool. But yeah. You might be coming with me to Trinidad mm-hmm. or to Panama at the Canopy Tower, which I'm both excited and nervous about. Why? Well, I, on the one hand, I would go back to Canopy Tower. I, I, I keep trying to organize trips to Panama and the Canopy Tower, but I never get enough participants to sign up. I love Panama and I love the Canopy mm-hmm. Tower. It's fantastic. But it's hot and sweaty and there are bugs and you don't like to go bird watching. That's true. So I'm worried you would go down there, and I would feel worried about your enjoyment. But you'd see Carlos and his wife. What have you ever worried about my enjoyment? We're married. That's a stereotype. (laughs) Oh no, she's pulled out a rolling pin. Help me. That's not what our marriage. We don't even own a rolling pin anymore. She's got her hair in curlers. Oh, I sometimes do, but no, we don't. You know, we don't own a rolling pin, right? I got rid of that. I'm very excited about. I am excited to go to Panama. You've described it to me many times in glowing terms, especially the. I think you described the Canopy Tower as uh, an abandoned uh, evil genius's base. Kind of. Yeah. But, but this really cool guy named Raul took yeah. it over and turned it into an eco-lodge. It's, it's a wonderful place. I've seen your videos that you took of, you know, the birds that come right to the, to the uh, they have like a table set out with like No, no, stuff. no. That's at Canopy Lodge. Oh, okay. They can't anyway. have bird feeders at Canopy Tower because the kawadis are an issue. Oh. So they're damn kawadis. I know, that's damn kawadis. But, but no, Canopy uh, Tower is fantastic. The thing you need to understand about Canopy Tower is mm-hmm. that it's an old military barracks. Sure. Oh, so I've you can hear... Everything. Great. So, if you just got married and you're going on your epic birding honeymoon, <laughs> I would not start I've, at Canopy Tower because everybody's going to hear everything. I've stayed in uh, military barracks. Uh, are there are there howler monkeys there? Yes, they have um, they have dispensers on every floor where there are sure. sleeping rooms mm-hmm. uh, with earplugs. Specifically, and I don't know if this video still exists because this was back when YouTube wasn't a thing and we hosted videos on my blog. But there was one night, it was pitch black, but you could hear the howler monkeys Mm. out there. And I was just like, 
this is insane. I have to get up at 4 a.m. for a field trip, but these things sure. are screaming out my window. No, you've described Panama in glowing terms. I'm, I would love to see it, and I've, I don't think either of us have been to Tobago. I've, I, it's Trinidad. Tobago is, it is not on the I'm list. sorry, Trinidad, but like I've, you know, my, I love, I wish I could do more traveling. I don't have the, you know, the sort of lifestyle that uh, enables me to do that, but I absolutely love it. Every if you time took I a travel, birding, yeah. you could totally have that lifestyle. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I know, that's I know. I have a trip coming up that's, at the end of this month. That's and I was a like, personal sacrifice I'm not willing to make, which like, is becoming a bird watcher. Oh, you know, I have a trip to Europe. Maybe Bill can come with me on this. And then I like looked yeah. at the itinerary and it's like, the first two days, you would just be like, oh, yeah, this is great. And then, like, yeah. the rest of the trip, oh, remote lodge on a cold I don't have no, a problem with, so. like, I don't have a problem with staying in remote locations or in rough locations, actually. In some cases, I actually kind of like that. It's kind of cool to, you know, be away from it all. What I don't like is, okay, we have to get up at 4 a.m. to get on a bus to ride to this, lo like, if I could just yeah. stay at the place. Yeah. I would probably be okay with that. Yeah. Most of my trips are, we're going from hotel to hotel. But it's this idea hotel. that we're, yeah, like when you go down to, because I love your photos from uh, Kearney, for the, from Kearney, Kearney. Nebraska, Kearney, Nebraska, of the, you know, the Kearney. migration of the cranes and stuff. And they're absolutely beautiful. But the idea that I'm going to get up before, hours before the crack of dawn to go to the blind, to be there to see that, and sit in an unheated blind for hours to see that that's 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 no i'm good you know you can you can just do the evening blind yeah so you're not getting up early you're yeah. going out late afternoon and sitting in the blind for two or hours. i could stay here and watch arrow on netflix oh yeah i know you like that soap opera <laughs> i know i know that hot mess of the soap opera that you like i'm well aware but see here's the thing your wife has connections. Sure. I could just take you to see a basic crane thing and you would get the same crane mm -hmm. experience. I could take you either on some private property <sighs> or some places that are... I'm actually, like I said, I'm not actually... I mean, I like birds and everything. I think birds are great. but I'm, birds. I do not hate birds. That's, that's a provably false thing. I have proven throughout the years that I actually enjoy our fine feathered friends. Um, but uh, I'm more interested in like the place i'm interested in just like walking around and seeing the place here's what i here's here's what i love and i know people absolutely like hate this i enjoy being a tourist i enjoy going and seeing the touristy things not like you know not necessarily like the schlocky things like when i went to london i didn't go and see the the tower of london's uh, torture chamber mm -hmm. but i went to see the tower of london i went to the museums i just walked around london i saw these you know i was i was just walking down the street one day and like the queen's horse guard just went by and i absolutely love that that's what i enjoy is i enjoy being in the place yeah well and, and with some cities with your iconic cities like your paris your prague sure. your new york it's fun just walking around. It's like, oh, I've seen this on this set mm -hmm. location, yeah. and, and I've seen this, that, and the other. There are some places I actually want to go into. Like, you kind of want to go into the Kafka Museum in Prague. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, Kafka has sure. a museum. I'm in. I'm yeah. all in. But <laughs> Any um, museum is a Kafka-esque experience. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, well, but I did not go into the Louvre in Paris. Right. Because I was like, I know what's in there, and I know it's just going to be a bunch of people standing around with their iPads in front of the Mona Lisa. I went to, I went, and, I'm, and I'm sorry if I'm wrong about this, I actually, I went to the National Gallery uh, in London. It was raining that day. I just, actually just went to, to um, uh, what's the, like, uh, Nelson's Column. I just oh, wanted yeah. to be there and see the pigeons and the lions and all the stuff. And it was raining, so I went into the National Gallery. And they had a room where they had this large 
charcoal drawing by Leonardo da Vinci in a private room. Oh, it was darkened. You could just see it. Yeah. And I love sitting and just watching. And I sat there for like five minutes and was just like looking at it and thinking about, wow, this is this is was drawn by this hand of this this great artist. But my favorite part of this, this is how goofy I am. My favorite part of this was outside was a sign telling you that it was the Leonardo cartoon. <laughs> and I really wanted to go in there and see like a three fatal thing where it's like, ah, chocolate. But it was just, I think it was like the Madonna and Child. It was just the chocolate yeah, drawing. And yeah. I don't know why they called it the Leonardo cartoon. I, yeah, I, don't I, know, mean, but it is I, I, I like to go to museums and I like to go to <clears> yeah. art museums. Like Amsterdam. Amsterdam is fantastic. Huh? I know everybody goes to Amsterdam. I would love to go to Amsterdam. We should go. I have a nephew there. Yeah. It's all good. Um, but Amsterdam has some really wonderful things outside mm-hmm. of the pot, if that's not your deal. Um, they have They have a bar that serves only scotch. I would love that. It is the size of our home. Mm-hmm. And it is floor to ceiling various scotches, right. from clear to dark. And and when I went with my nephew, uh, it was his birthday, so we each ordered a scotch that we liked. And mm-hmm. then I was like, "The next round is on me, mm-hmm. and we're gonna order scotches based on the bartender's suggestion. One has to be your age, and one has to be my age." <laughs> and it was the best time. So that's one reason to go to Amsterdam. The other two reasons to go to Amsterdam is the Rembrandt House. Mm. Most of it, you're just like, wow, people were really short back then. But the other thing is, like, the top floor of Rembrandt's house is like, I'm in a crazy old man's place. And yeah. he, it's basically what I think, what I hope my life looks like. I'm, I'm sure. never going to be made into a museum. I'm never going to make the I went When I went to London, I went to a bunch of touristy places. And I had no problem. I, like, went to Tower of London, which yeah. you went to uh, with me. And I went to see a bunch of, like, little... I went to see, like, they had a little plaque up. Benny Hill lived here. And, yeah. like, that was beautiful. And we walked through, and we saw, like, all the stuff. The only thing I regret seeing, and this is sort of an example of what I, what I mean by schlocky stuff, is I went to the Sherlock Holmes Museum, oh. which was uh, a colossal waste of time because it was a very long wait to get in there. And then you get in there, and there's, like, oh, wait, this is a fictional guy. So, basically, they've just sort of set up a dummy museum of, like, oh, this is what his desk would have looked like if he was a real person. No, the Rembrandt, it's like, this yeah. is his No, it's like, that, that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, I would have loved that, that. That's interesting to me to, like, see this. But the other, one of the guy. best museums I've ever been in, because I want to go back to Amsterdam, mm-hmm. is, um, oh, shit, I just realized I have a bunch of lost footage from a digiscoping with Clay and Sharon when we were going to have a season <laughs> two, and it's all in Amsterdam. I should edit that. That's my New Year's resolution, is to edit a digiscoping with Clay and Chaz, because I took him to the Rembrandt Museum. Yeah. But the other thing that you have to do when you go to Amsterdam and you're looking at all the birds. Amsterdam's mm-hmm. great for birding. Actually, the mm-hmm. Nether—I would argue that the birders in the Netherlands are the most hardcore. But the Van Gogh Museum. I mm. love. I always thought that the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam is my favorite. Okay. And it's shocking. Number one, because you're not going to see Starry Night there. That is in MoMA mm-hmm. in New York. Uh, but. You get all this Van Gogh, but you also get all his contemporaries. So it's like, oh, here's Van Gogh doing his prisoners in the circle. Mm -hmm. And then, like, here are all his contemporaries doing it. Mm. Oh, and by the way, here's Toulouse-Lautrec, who did a portrait of Van Gogh. (laughs) And so your mind is just... And it it, it takes you on the spiral staircase up. And so you're just Mm. kind of like history coming together and I'm understanding all this stuff and it's Van Gogh style and oh yeah. fuck there's a there's a Toulouse-Lautrec and then you get to the top floor and there's no Starry Night up there and Starry mm. Night is great 
But you have all these other things like the Olive Orchard and mm. my absolute favorite, more so than Starry Night, of the crows over a wheat field before a storm. And it's just, oh. Actually, the top floor is where you get everybody with their iPads out. It's like, oh, this is what the Mona Lisa was. Like. Mm. We're should, not talking yeah, about birds. Yeah, should we birds. talk about birds? Yeah, I was just <laughs> thinking just about that. We're just talking about yeah. where to travel in Europe. So anyway, so long story short, if you want a really cool experience, sign up for Sharon's Cuba tour. It is happening. You've got enough people, but more people is never a terrible thing yeah, to have. Yeah, I have, I have enough people to go that mm. it's not going to – actually, I do have to make one joke. I know mm. you said you wanted to stay away from this stuff, but mm-hmm. I have to make one joke. I had someone on sure. the trip email me the day Castro died and said, okay. do we have to worry about Castro's death? I'm like, no. He hasn't been in power in a long time. It's, it's, mm. it's fine. The only thing we have to worry about is if the president-elect says something stupid on Twitter. Less than 24 hours later was a tweet. <laughs> Nothing's going to go wrong. Everything's going to be fine. We're going to have a great time. It's about birds. Yeah. We should take advantage of Cuba because Cuba is in a Boy, that was poor time. phrasing. As Archer would say, can we talk about phrasing? <laughs> phrasing. We should take advantage of this opportunity to go to Cuba. We should take advantage of the opportunity to go to Cuba yeah. and see Cuba before a lot of Western culture gets in there. So we can sure. see the architecture. Mm-hmm. We can see the history. Everybody's gung-ho about seeing old cars. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about birds. Okay. So, two things. Some new podcasts have started. What? You should listen to. What? I'm not saying competition makes me want to keep our podcast going, but, oh you know, I, I feel we should talk about this because I have mentioned more than once that we are kind of like the only regular-ish podcast that happens. <laughs> our last podcast was on a Halloween. <laughs> Your wife fell into a major depression yeah, exactly. and just should not have been... As public, I mean, your wife should not have been on the air in any shape or form sure. since really August. Anyway. Yeah. All right, so podcast. Mental health is important. It um, is. But no, but so some other pod, and I'm actually really excited because there should be other voices out there besides me. There should be other things to Oh, God, to. yes. Yeah. Know, Especially right? other than me. God almighty. I know, it's really weird. Why though. am I half of this podcast? I know. Right. Um, so the American Birding Association is getting a podcast off the ground. Good. It's called the American Birding Podcast. And their first episode... Good name. I know, right? We really want that trip to Panama. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so the American Birding Podcast has Laura Kammermeyer out there, and she is a fantastic writer. Lammergeier? No. We're apparently not supposed to say that word anymore. Oh. What's wrong with Lammergeier? Well, Lammergeier means lamb killer. Oh. And the, the the bird that it's named after, Lamagire, which I think yeah. is a fun word to say. It's beautiful. Sure. Um, the bearded vulture is what it is. Uh. And it is the vulture that drops the bones so it can uh. get the, the marrow. Well, it's it gets persecuted. And oh. part of that persecution is that, oh, it's killing lambs. Ah, I Because see. of the name Lamagire. Vultures and, don't eat. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, right. the Lamagire drops bones. Sure. Anyway, so... Anyway, last time I was in Europe and used the word lamagire to refer to something, mm-hmm. I had a South African who lives in Austria mm-hmm. just look at me horrified and said, I would never use that word to describe that oh word my ever God. again. And so it's like, okay, so I'm going to uh, make a okay. Well, it's a bird that's being persecuted because sure. it's called lamb killer. Sure. I mean, it's kind of like the, you know, we've had some unpopular bird names here in the U.S. Oh, sure. Yes. Um. Old Squaw yes. is one that I think we should have gotten rid of oh, yeah. 
which is now the long-tailed duck. That's mm. a terrible name for a bird sure. with what we know now. So if someone is saying, this is a problem, stop calling that bird that, I'm, sure. I'm going to listen to that. So I don't want beard. What was the chicken hawk? Because I only know it as the little brown bird from the uh, foghorn leghorn cartoons. Oh, God. This is problematic for me on so many levels. <laughs> so here's the thing with chicken hawk. Sure. It, it can be applied to more than one species. In general, it's going to be your red-tailed hawk. That's your catch-all hawk. Mm -hmm. um, but when you think about hawks that are actually going after chickens, sure, that could be goshawk. Okay. All right, and... We're in the trust tree right now. Are we? Okay. Yeah, we're we're gonna well, go. This is a podcast. You know okay. what? I, I'm in my forties. I'm giving right. fewer fucks. I'm just gonna start. I'm just gonna start saying this. Okay. So years ago, when I used to handle birds and give mm. bird programs, and we would talk about things about how chicken hawks was like, yeah, people would find dead chickens, and that would be a thing, and mm. and they bl would blame hawks, but really it was all these other things. Hawks rarely go after chickens, and now that we've had this chicken resurgence happen. Because we're all into the home right, farming yeah. thing. Sustainability. Yeah. Sustainability. It's it's hawks killing chickens and bald eagles killing chickens. It's a thing that happens. <laughs> and it's happening for a couple of reasons. Excellent. Okay. It's happening, and I can't remember if we talked about this in one of the previous podcasts or if I plan to. There is a guy who's trying to, who's changed his, like, gigantic cattle ranch uh -huh. into a sustainable organic farm and he introduced chickens uh -huh. he introduced like twenty thousand chickens on his property oh, wow. and he's trying to like cohabitate them with his cows and move them around together and these wintering bald eagles in georgia are just like oh, they're eating like 15 percent. yeah well i have to imagine i mean obviously like that guy's on a much larger scale but i also have to imagine with like because i mean we know people who keep chickens domestically and they eat yes. eggs and stuff but the chickens are really outdoor pets let's be honest about yes, this they are it's like the people who keep farms have this sort of industrial knowledge of how to protect their investment whereas these people who are keeping them as uh productive pets like Oh, my chickens could just wander around in there. So, and they don't have this inherited knowledge from other farmers of, yeah, a goshawk is going to come down and eat your bird. Yeah, but them. I mean, but at the same time, we've, in some of the mm. places where I have worked and or volunteered and we're trying to protect mm -hmm. birds of prey and keep people from killing them wantonly, sure. it was like, you worked really hard to say, well, they didn't really do that. That was actually mm -hmm. other damage and the raptors might have been there to eat the, the mm -hmm. aftermath. Oh, sure, sure, But sure. no, and, and... Even anecdotally, I'm thinking of three people in particular. So, like, mm -hmm. we had a f we have friends who have amazing chickens, and one of them died one day. Right. It was on Facebook, and I was like, oh, that's really sad. And then immediately after I saw their post on Facebook, I get an email. It's like, this is the carnage that we saw. This is a picture we got of a hawk yeah. that's really blurry. Do you think this hawk did it? And I looked at that hawk, and it was an immature goshawk. And right. I'm like, I have two things for you. Number one... Your chicken is going to go. That's the coolest bird to have killed. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. But that's that's the coolest bird. Number right. two, because that hawk has been successful and the, the nature yeah. of goshawks, it's going to come back all winter long until it migrates back north or yeah. dies. You're going to have to keep them in inside. Right. Then there was also the incident of our former neighbors, Kate and Bob. Yes. Who have chickens. In. Oh, yes, I think we've talked about that story on the podcast before. And we before. need to talk about it again, because they were telling me about peregrine falcons that mm. were coming to check out their chickens, and I was like, yeah. they fly over our neighborhood, they do not land. They're like, no, it was sitting on a wire, and I was like, pigs or it didn't happen. And this is a very urban area, this let's is, be clear about it. I like, mean, 
This is like this is not like downtown Minneapolis, but this is like it's a an inner ring. Yeah, exactly. Bus ride yeah, exactly. Into downtown Minneapolis. I mean, it is not. It's not a heavily industrial area, but it's it's urban. Let's I had seen that. peregrine falcons fly over, but when someone tells me I have yeah. a peregrine falcon in our old neighborhood in uptown, <laughs> perched on a wire, I'm like, you had a cuckoo sock. And I was like, Pixar didn't happen, and by God, they sent a pick. <laughs> and I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> Interesting thing, the peregrine wasn't banded, so it wasn't right. one of our local peregrines. Okay. But, um, and it was an adult. But I was like, oh, well, okay, so that was a thing. And then I knew another person in the Twin Cities who kept chickens, and she kept this insane breed of chicken that was super huge. I mean, this chicken weighed more than our rabbit, and our oh, rabbit wow. is a healthy eight pounds. Yes. And she said she did that because when goshawks would come down in mm -hmm. the winter, they would nail her chickens, mm -hmm. and sometimes Cooper's sure. hawks would. And she said, the only thing I can do to protect them is to get the biggest chicken breed <laughs> I possibly can so the goshawks wouldn't be able what to What was the them. story we were originally talking about before I completely distracted you? The American Birding Association having a podcast. The American, okay, so the American Birding Association has a podcast. I went off on a whole thing about... No, I remember this thread because... I like you said you wanted this podcast to be short, by the way. I went to uh, Lammergeier, which yes. led us to Birds with Names. Then I went to Chicken Hawk. Boy, I've really... Wow, my, my derailing skills have not frayed at all. And I love how you're I'm the one so... who are like... I want to keep this podcast short. No, I'm just like really happy. It's like when you stop working out for a while and you go in, it's like, oh, wow, I can still lift most of the weight that I could before. I can really derail a podcast. Yes, it's amazing. And that's okay, so like. that so American Birding Podcast, what other podcasts are out there? Um, so, you know Birdwatcher's Digest? I do. Okay. So, you know Bill Thompson? I do know Bill and Thompson. And he has a podcast that he does. And I know his dog. You the know Baker. his wife's dog. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Chet loves Bill, but I mean, sure. let's be clear. Chet Baker is sure. Julie Sikafus's dog. No, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with the Thompson Sikafus clan, yes. Okay, so there, there's always been this birding life, which has been consistent, but mm -hmm. not as often as our podcast. But okay. now that Ben Lizdis, who used to work with Eagle Optics, so if you've ever gone to a bird festival and seen an Eagle Optics booth, chances are good you met Ben Lizdis. Okay. He's now working for Birdwatcher's Digest. Okay. And they have started a new podcast. They're three episodes deep. They're balls deep in this called Out There with the Birds. Okay. And so they... And you've listened to these and you recommend them? Yes. <laughs> That's an Let me just response. say that I have them saved in my feed and I had every intention of oh, listening God, to them. Oh, God, you're but terrible. Here's, here's you what can't I'm... just lie. No, I can't. All right. I, I'm going to listen to these podcasts. I absolutely okay. am. But here's my thing. There was a Gilmore Girls reboot. <laughs> and there's a podcast. If you're wondering why we haven't podcasted in three months, it's because there was a Gilmore Girls reboot right after Thanksgiving. I'm going to just sit. I'm just going to lay <laughs> things on the line. I was in a serious depression this fall. Sure. And one of the things... That helped pull me out, much in the same way as when Hyperbole and a Half found her shriveled piece of corn sure. underneath the refrigerator. The Gilmore Girls reboot got me out of it. Right. And another thing that helped Great. with that is a podcast called The Gilmore Guys, ah, okay. which is a couple of 20-somethings who, you could even argue that they helped get the revival going. I I don't disagree with that. I, so, so, yeah, it's basically this young red-headed dude in his 20s put on Twitter... Hey, 
Gilmore Girls is on Netflix. I want to do a Gilmore Girls podcast where we watch every episode. Does anyone want to do this with me? This even younger black gentleman named Demi Idijuibe, uh saw that tweet and said, yes, I want to do this podcast with you. And he had never seen an episode ever in his life. <laughs> the podcast is amazing. I will say... The first season is hard because these are two 20 Right, they're figuring things out. Who They're figuring things out who don't know anything. And then people start schooling them. It's like, yeah, Peyton Place was a thing. People read that. That is an actual legit book that happened. <laughs> Seasons two through seven are fantastic. Right. And so the revival happened. I would argue they helped so, get the revival. Anyway. The Birding Podcast you recommend people listen to is, is Gilmore, Gilmore Guys. Guys. <laughs> okay, great. Anyway, so I'm going through every season, and I'm also I'm also going through... So, that has my priority. Then, there are a lot of people who have died, and then I kind of oh, got sure. on a Carrie Fisher kick. Oh, sure. And if you ever want to drive around and go birding and pretend that you have a crazy aunt in your car who has crazy Hollywood stories, then download a Carrie Fisher audiobook. All right. Anyway, so... I will list, I I actually legit have these in my feed. Okay. But I've been going through some shit. All right. And I've been listening to non-burning podcasts, but I want to support these. I think these are things like if you listen to this podcast and I'm like, I really wish you would actually talk about birds and not about museums I'm never going to visit, mm. then you definitely want to listen to Ben and Bill and to uh, the American Birding Association podcast with... Uh, Laura Kammermeyer. All right. Actually, I think she was a guest. I don't think she's the actual host of the ABA podcast. Okay. I should actually look into it. <laughs> what stories do you have for us, Sharon? I do have some birding stories. Okay, so it is the new year. We all like to have goals for the new year. Mm-hmm. So apparently there's a guy named Morgan Tingley. Oh, I've read his book. Uh, pounded in the butt by my Sibley Field guy. Chuck Tingle. Oh, sorry. You've just reminded me of something that I have to make a decision on. <laughs> I don't even want to know. Continue. Uh, no, 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 no. It, it involves an email from Chuck Tingle. That's I know what you're talking about, say. but I, know, I just want to leave it. I, I, wanna, I don't want any context for that in the podcast. I don't, yeah. I'm just, so continue I'm with just the story. that hang. Yeah. So to speak. Chuck Tingle. And if you know who that is, you know why I'm excited. And if you don't know who that is... Don't Google it at work. All right. Okay, so this is Morgan Tingley. And I found about Morgan thanks to David Sibley. Oh, okay. Because apparently David Sibley had like a bird-a-day calendar a few years ago. Oh, excellent. And Morgan and his colleagues like had this calendar, and they were like, every day of the year when we rip it off and there's like the bird, we should try to see the bird that day. That's going to be impossible. Problematic, yeah. And also, the Sibley calendar was taxonomic. Ah. And when I say taxonomic, we're just going to say taxon- taxonomy as we understand it today. Sure. So it's like, oh, so they decided they're going to do it this year. And Sibley even conceded, I don't even think I have a bird a day calendar this year. Yeah. Um, they came up with an algorithm with random birds. Okay. And they assigned a points value to each bird based on <laughs> rarity. So when it comes up, so <laughs> this is the most amazingly nerdy thing I've I know, heard. No, 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 it's, it's really fantastic. Fantastic work. Guys. Okay, so January first, the bird is greater scop, and oh, so you want okay. to go out and try and see. Them. I, have I seen one of those? No. Oh, okay. No, you you 
not even been in a place where you could okay. see it. Okay, fair enough. It sounds familiar, so... I, I well, I've, we have I've... lesser scop here. Okay. There's oh, a, well, that's probably it. There is okay. a slim chance when you were with me in Florida mm. that you may have seen one. That's fine. You would have only seen it The name sounded familiar. I recall you saying this out loud. <laughs> lesser scop is okay. what you're thinking of. Perfect. Okay, so that has a points value of one. Okay. So, um, let's see. January 5th, which is probably when this podcast is going to come out, is Barn Owl. Oh, it has a point value one. of four. Oh, that makes sense. It's an owl. It's harder to see. Yep. In Minnesota, my chance of getting a barn owl is slim to none, especially no. in January. Those are the ones that were like hunted by other owls, weren't they? They like tried to introduce them in the other like great. Oh, you're thinking of that them. story when I was like, yeah. trying to yeah. introduce them in Indiana. Yeah, that's the bird David Bowie was in the lab. Yes, he was. Okay, so there's that. Someone got a text. Okay. Um, so so you can go through this, and I mean, you're gonna look at days and be like, Fane and Pepla. Unless I'm in a trip in fucking Arizona. Yeah. That's just not going to happen. Or you could also kind of like go through this list and be like, let me scroll down. What? Okay, so he and his friends decided to, to do this? This seems like... His like, co-workers. Okay, so they're all people in the same geographic location? Yeah, but they were like, okay, we that's came up with this, 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 this algorithm, so you can do it too. Sure. And let us know what your totals are at the end of the year. So, oh, that's cool. So, so yeah, you can do this. But you can also come up with your own bird a day challenge. So this is mm-hmm. the, and I've heard of another version of the bird a day challenge, where you try to see a new bird every day. Not possible. Yeah, I mean that's. No, no, I mean no. it's it's a, it's a, it, well let me it's obviously it's impossible. But it's one of those challenges to. It's interesting to see how how you fail. Like you set the bar so high you cannot possibly meet it, but you you know that that's that's interesting. That is an interesting idea. So, but I mean, you could look at something like, I know what my 50 most common birds are in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And so I can like just tailor it. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I know like January 1st, my first bird is either going to be an American crow or a European starling. So that is the bird I'm going to see. And I'm going to try or really hard not hawk. to see or mm, no, I have, mm-hmm. I have to work to see a red tail. I mean, mm. I'm just talking about how I play out my sure. January 1st, which yep. is usually in my pajamas all day long. <laughs> I'm not going out. So unless, like, I mean, like, there have been, the, like, the few years where, like, you and I stayed at Neil's house. And, you know, so it was like, oh, pileated woodpecker is going to be my first bird or red-breasted sure. nuthatch. But no, when we're, we're left to our own devices at our own house, January 1st. I'm probably going to be woken up by a crow calling on our <laughs> roof. And that's what happened this year. So, so, and it's like, I'm not going to look out the window. So that way I don't see any robins. I don't see any cardinals. So then I can just kind of like Now, do it. you try to see that bird on that day? Or is it just like, if you see this bird at any point during the year, you get four points? No, 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 no. So if you're doing the official mm-hmm. uh, bird a day challenge okay. that has been set up, Mm-hmm. Then you are on on Morgan Tingley's site. Then you are like the bird on that day. So if mm, I saw a snowy okay. owl today, or actually, let me look down here. Okay, so if I saw a double crested cormorant today, mm-hmm. which I'd have to work for, but it's possible in okay. Minnesota, I couldn't count it. 
uh, I would have to see it on November nineteenth, two thousand seventeen. Mm. Oh, okay. That's that that increases the difficulty considerably. Yeah, but it also kind of evens the playing field mm. for everybody because they're having birds on here. Yeah, I suppose from other states. I mean, golden fringed woodpecker. You can't yeah. get that everywhere. Migration is going to be an interesting uh, migration. Time. So so yeah, and because of the points value to different birds, like you know, on September twenty second. You could you're supposed to see a Hutton's Vireo and it's worth four sure. points. So this is a very that's an interesting variation on bird watching. I, it I is, like it lot. is. Yeah. So you can you can you can go to morgantingley.com and do this. Because I mean, like if own. you live on the west coast, like if they start listing like east coast birds, like there's no chance you're going to get like what's a bird that never appears on the west coast, like an eastern northern cardinal. Bird. Yeah, northern cardinal. Like you're completely screwed for that day. So yeah. That's, that's a really interesting way to look at bird watching. Yeah, yeah. So, but 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 what I like about this is that you're looking at the calendar, like, what's the bird today? Mm-hmm. Can I see this? And mm-hmm. there are some birds you're going to be like, no, I'm not going to get a hunting. <laughs> are you are you today. allowed to look ahead, or do you have to? Just, no, like, no, no. Be you surprised? can look. Okay, you can totally okay. look ahead. So, if you wanted to, and you're like, I know I'm going to have some time off. That would be interesting if you were like, if because you go on these birding trips. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I'm going to be gone for a weekend in this location. Yeah. If you don't see the bird for the day on that day, yeah. that's going to be particularly aggravating for you. Well, it's going to be like, oh, fuck, today's Northern Cardinal Day? <laughs> and I'm in San Diego? <laughs> oh, Bite look me. at all these juncos by the road, but we're going further north. <laughs> oh, you wanted to book me as a keynote speaker? Uh, I don't know. The bird of the day. But I like this because... Uh, that is fun. Here's the thing, because like in, in a lot of the kind of like casual mid-birder range, mm-hmm. you have people who are like, oh, I, I've always wanted to do this part. And this mm-hmm. kind of forces you to get out and do that. Sure. Okay, so that's a fun way to go birding. There is. And, you know, I would encourage you that if you're looking at this and you feel like you're living someplace where a bunch of the birds are mm-hmm. an impossibility, you know, what I would do with some of this, if I were so inclined to do it, um, you know, like on a day where let's say the bird is, let me find one. Let's say on the day it's a sparrow. Like mm-hmm. it is, I know I saw a bazillion sparrows in here. Savannah sparrow. And you just know you're not going to get a Savannah sparrow. Go out and find a sparrow. I think it'd be a fun way to do it. And cool. you may not get the points, but it's a thing to do. All right. What's our next story? Okay. Uh, well, because we it's the end of the year, and it's that time of year. No, it's the beginning of the year. Well, we need to talk about all the people who did big years last sure. year. Oh, yeah. Let's and absolutely it's, talk about it's, them. it's a crazy thing, because mm-hmm. Hawaii was decided to be added. There was, as I recall, when I was getting the mail, there was a story on your... Uh, on one of your birding magazines, that a particular kind of bird had been added to the ABA lists. I can't remember. All yeah. I remember in that magazine was that I had an article in there about convertible pants. <laughs> um, and someone else had an article about point-and-shoot cameras, because it's 1993. Seriously? I did not see that headline. <laughs> Why would you have a point-and-shoot camera when you have a smartphone? I don't know. That's insane. Yeah. All right, anyway. Are you sure you were reading one of my magazines from this year and not ten years ago? <laughs> I pulled it out. I honestly thought it was like how like pocket cameras are changing our world, and I thought it was yours. And it's no, somebody talking about point and shoot cameras. Let's be clear. 
<laughs> there is no pocket camera that is changing the world. That's except true. Except for one on your phone. Right. Yeah. He said point and shoot, and I thought he meant the old, like, okay. So, but but Sharon has a clarification. For I'm us. just going to say, we, we pause the podcast to look at this. These are cameras that have insane zoom on them. Sure. For some people, I'm sure they are changing the world. Sure. If you have only ever had, like, a Nikon cool pick. Yeah, so basically they look like 35 millimeter cameras, but they've got the integrated lens. Yeah, 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 yeah. you cannot yeah. swap out. So, and, okay. and, I mean, I would just argue that cameras in general are changing the world. Yeah. And that we can now more affordably get more magnification. But, oh, sure. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're going to call something a pocket camera or a point and shoot, mm-hmm. that is your smartphone. Yeah. All right. Uh, we need to talk about big year birding. Oh, yes. we did. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's what we were actually originally I know. You about. keep railroading me. Are that's, you gaslighting me? That's why I mean, I'm what's here. going no, on? Gaslighting you is like, oh, we already finished the podcast here. We've been recording for 15 minutes. Okay, so there have been gigantic records smashed yeah. this Wasn't year. There, okay, so there was one guy. Now, here's my recollection. There was one guy who did like a world thing where he like broke a world record. That was Arjan. Yeah. And he broke Noah Stryker's 2015 World Big Year thing. And Noah Stryker got like Mm 6,042 species. I've not been able to find like an exact total for Arjan. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there was already well established three months ago that he blew Noah Stryker's total. And the only thing I can find is a news story that's in Dutch. And I don't read Dutch. But it says, uh, Nederlander Spots. 6,833 Vogels. Okay, so that's which, the world record. But yeah, a big so 6,800 6, Vogels, 6,800 birds. But for America, so... Oh, so, was, no, no, so, no, that was yeah, worldwide. So that, but, that but was worldwide. I do want to say, interesting thing about Arjan yeah. Yeah. Uh, was that he was traveling for a while with a young birder that I know because I interviewed him. And this 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 young birder I know, this was several years ago, he was like graduating high school. And I was like, so what are you going to do after high school? And it's like, oh, I, I got a job as a bird guide at a lodge in Costa Rica. And I was like, oh, how did you get that? I just started calling down to these lodges and asking if they needed a birder. And I had references <laughs> and skill. And so he, he basically just started calling all these tourism lodges. Yeah, he cold called. Got some place to say, Good. yes, we have some place that would hire you. Yep. We'll give you lodging. We'll, mm-hmm. We won't give you a lot of money, but we'll give you money. Sure. And so he goes down there a month <laughs> ahead of time. And learns the birds, even though he kind of already knew them. But, I mean, really sure. learned them like someone who sure, lived down sure, there. Sure. So that way he was a guide. And this guy, I love following him on Facebook because he is, you name the country, he's there and he's doing some kind of birding thing. Whether he's leading or doing some kind of research project. It is me if I were single. Cool. You know, this is the kind of stuff. So, anyway, he was like. You didn't have the old boot anchor tying you. I know. If I just didn't like having sex, this is what I would be doing. But um, he. uh, That's what what sets you apart as a bird watcher. It is. Uh. This is why I'm not a lister. It's a choice between a rare bird and sex. Anyway, um, he. I don't want to say that he's like that. That's just me. Sure. but uh, he had, like, mentioned something about he was going to be in the U.S. and he was going to be in Minnesota and he was going to be up at Saxonburg. And, and so I just kind of, like, sent some notes. He was like, hey, where can I stay in the Twin Cities if I have an early flight? Is that how he said it? Well, that's how I read his text sure. messages. And I was like, let me just, let me just make some, some, some texts. And so I found someone who's like, who had a spare room. It was super nice. 
And uh, yeah, so it was really fun. I have not actually met Arjan, but just the fact that he was here in the Twin Cities and he got some birds to contribute to his list. What I like about the the Dutch birder who has obliterated the world big year was that he also included a fundraiser to give money to endangered birds through BirdLife International. Sweet. So really, if you want to see worldwide big year birds, Mm -hmm. you have to be a Dutch birder, which if you're a bird watcher already, you know. (laughs) <laughs> Dutch birders are insane. They're more insane than American bird watchers. Just to give you an idea, you remember back when Fat Birder 100 was a thing? Sure. That This was a ranking. Like, if you had mm-hmm. a birding website, you would be on there. Um, you, were, you knew you had a good website if you were in the Fat Birder 100. Yeah. The Dutch birding group was regularly in the number one position. Oh, sure. And when you think about... How big the Netherlands are compared to like the UK and the US. The fact that the Dutch birding website just for sheer traffic had the the most mm-hmm. hits was great. So, so we were anyway, talking about American big years. I know, but it's far more interesting with with Arjan. Anyway, so there were a lot of birders this year who were trying to break the North American record. <laughs> okay. And we had Olaf Danielson, who is kind of a Minnesota birder, but is really uh Dakota birder. Okay. Uh, oh God, why did I even try to say these people? The, the, there were four people. We've only here long enough. You should be able to sound these names out. Okay. So the first, uh, the person who is, according to the American Birding Association totals, mm-hmm. is John Weigel. Okay. I hope that's how you pronounce your name. Weigel. Weigel. Mm-hmm. Uh, came in at 780 species. That's really good. There's some that are a debate. Cuban vireo, pine flycatcher, common shell duck. These are mm-hmm. rarities that have showed up that have not been uh, officially given the thumbs yep. up from their records committee. Olaf Danielson, who is the birder who's also known for doing a big year in the nude. Okay. Uh, <laughs> came in at 776. Olaf wow. Danielson also has a book called... Uh, Boobies, peckers, and tits. Fantastic about title. His naked big year. Yep. Great, great title. Lara Keen came in at 759 species, and she has some debatable wow. ones like Olaf. Mm. And I don't know if I said Olaf's. Olaf's was mm. the pine flycatcher in the common shell duck. Uh, Laura's is the Cuban vireo pine flycatcher in common shell duck. So, what's notable about that is that there was a woman who did a North American big year this year. Great. Great. And then there's Christian. I'm just going to apologize right now as someone who has an unpronounceable last name. Hagenlocker is what I'm going to hope is how you're pronounced. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, I apologize. Uh, you feel free to call me Sharon Stittler or sure. Shitler anytime you see me. Two popular mispronunciations. Uh, who came in at 750. So here's cool. the thing. If you want to beat the North American big year record, if you're thinking, I want to do a big year, and I want to, like, obliterate the big year Greg Miller, Sandy Comito record, you have to now, like, think 800 birds. That's a lot. That's a lot. Or you need to think of at least 781. I would actually go 785, 780. And you have to plan your travel around the country at certain times of the year. Yeah, and you also have to hope that there's some kind of El Nino event bringing a bunch of rarities over. And But who knows what's going to happen now that the American Birding Association has allowed Hawaii to be in the group. Dun, dun, dun. I do know that Olaf Danielson, just to kind of preserve his record, did go to Hawaii this year. The Hawaii birds are officially not countable, but he did that. All right. 
Uh, do we have anything else, else to else. talk about? Let's Great, look. fantastic. Let's this shoot is this dog. Bird Chick Podcast number 215. We are back. And bad. If you have any questions for Sharon, you can talk to her. She is Bird Chick on Twitter and also on the Faces book. You can go to birdchick.com to find all the links about the stories we've talked about. We will be back more often in this new year. And good birding to you. Ta-ta. This is Bill. Bye.